This is Aubrey from the So Wizard Podcast, and you're listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizard. You're thinking, you said people going to die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 456 of the So Wizard Podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo, and with me, my co-host, starting us off, we got the expert, Mr. Marquis, Markellis Ray. This is the way. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Do you think uh, the Mandalorian's favorite song is The Way by Fastball? <laughs> of course. Someone's like, is that the way? Yes, <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> this is the way. <laughs> all right. So, he's getting all the dad jokes out up front, all right? <laughs> and the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield, is away on assignment this week. So bringing in the big guns, one of our friends from the world of podcasting. That's right, guys. It's Arthur from the Two Cents Critic Podcast. How you doing, Arthur? Welcome to the show. No squeezy. No squeezy. <laughs> I am doing great. I'm excited to be here. I, I am the host of... Two cents critic, yes, and I, and I've actually had had Joey on my show to discuss Kung Fu Panda last year. That was a great discussion, and, and now I'm returning the favor, being a guest here on So Wizard. Awesome. Well, we are glad to have you, and you, the listener, are listening to So Wizard podcast, where three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All Stars Podcast Network. This week, we've got our full review. Of the Mandalorian season three. Before we get into all of that, Arthur, how the hell are you? Tell our listeners a little bit more about your podcast. Well, again, I'm Arthur, host of Two Cents Critic. Thanks so much for bringing me on here. And on my show, I cover books, movies, and TV shows. I do deep dives into all that kind of all that content, including everything I've bought at once, even the Disney show Gravity Falls, a ton of MCU content. The contemporary YA fantasy novel Legend One by Tracy Dion, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of content with a lot of special guests, and I always go into a lot of details for those episodes. They, they get pretty long sometimes. I mean, anyone who listens to Two Cents Critic know that uh, the episodes can maybe go to like maybe two hours, two and a half hours, a few, a few even three hours, Oof. and they can be a lot. They can be pretty hard to edit sometimes, but. <laughs> You know what? I enjoy the work. He's had today. And it's, again, just glad to be here. Awesome. Yeah. Well, now I have a longer commute for work, so it might not take me an entire week to get through your show. Because <laughs> 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 I used to have a 13 minute ride. So I was like, all right, I got 13 minutes. Here we go. <laughs> so, so it's about an hour now in each direction. So much better. Awesome. Well, we're okay. glad you're, we are glad you are here, Arthur. Thank you so much. Markellis Reagans, how the hell are you? I'm good. I'm good. For the first time in 10 weeks, I did not go to the movie theaters. <laughs> so I think they missed me. I think some, I think I might have set the world off its axis by a little bit. But uh, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I'm glad to be talking Star Wars. Uh, I was super glad to join you and Adam for the Patreon episode talking about Star Wars. So yeah, this has been a, a good Star Wars week for me. It's good. It, 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 still, it still baffles me sometimes when it's like, oh, damn, like, you go to the theater all the time. Like, Every week or almost every week, you know, for the episodes where you get a break. But still, 
you're going to see a lot of cover stuff for the podcast, mm-hmm. and it's just, uh, yeah, it, it, it's tiresome to consider sometimes. <laughs> it is a lot. I yeah, I always have to tell that to myself when I get annoyed with the commercials, or I can repeat the. Uh, pre-show stuff out loud while it's happening it's like normal people don't go to the movies 45 times a year so. <laughs> not us we do it though that's right uh yes. joey how are you doing this week some people move on mark but not us <laughs> <laughs> how am i doing this week i'm doing fantastic let me tell you uh i also did not go to the movies this week <laughs> i was real close though i gotta tell you i almost went yesterday i almost went yesterday I uh, I really want to see the George Foreman biopic that yep. came out, and I because I'm a huge boxing fan. Uh, Foreman's one of my favorite f- fighters of all time. I really want to go. I've heard it's bad, Aww. and it looks it looks like a lifetime movie with a b- budget of like two dollars and seventy five cents. But I wanted to go, and it just felt weird to not be going to the movie. <laughs> it did, right? Didn't it feel like you were forgetting something? You're like, right? I got my keys. I got my wallet. What am I forgetting? <laughs> That's right. It's it's a strange gap in the schedule, but don't worry. We'll be back at the movies next week. I already <laughs> bought my tickets for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, so don't worry about it. But uh, So what I've been doing is just watching a lot of movies. So I'm actually up to 85 first-time watches for the year. Oh. You know, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up now because I was – because I'm going to actually think of that box and how apparent at this moment. I think I have maybe, oh, 145 movies. Jesus. Man, all right. I thought I was watching a lot of movies, but you got me beat. But I'm, I'm halfway to my goal of 160 first-time watches for the year. So that's okay. awesome. Um, and, I, and honestly, I watched, for some reason, I got on a kick. I watched a bunch of found footage horror movies okay. over the last, like, week. Uh, some are bad some are worse <laughs> some are worse than worse and then uh one which i'll recommend at the end of the show i thought was fantastic and i've been proletizing it out to uh people to check out actually mark you might like it it's not too uh scary it's creepy but it's not scary but we'll get into that later on okay but yeah and i finally got um 65 to work on fire stick <laughs> right <laughs> So that was a whole like adventure where for like two weeks I would try to watch 65 every single night and every single um, line on the illegal streaming service because you pick like a different server. Each server <laughs> would play the wrong movie and it was always just like Russian roulette. Like, what's it going to oh, no. play this time? <laughs> I know, I know. And, and who are you supposed to complain to? Like, should I call like Sony Pictures and be like, excuse me, the illegal <laughs> streaming service I'm using to watch your movie for free is not working. <laughs> so. It, it was it was always a fun couple minutes uh, to start off my night sitting in front of the TV to see what different movies would play. It was a lot of The Batman for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. It just the kept Batman. playing The Batman. Right. And the way that movie starts is uh, something happens and then the title card just pops right in. It's like, The Batman. So <laughs> every time I play it, it'd be like, The Batman. Damn it. Switch to the next one. The Batman. Damn it. And it, it I was even trying to watch it in like 360 <laughs> Wow. <laughs> like it was even 80. It's like 360. And I was like, anything, just please play the damn movie. And finally I got to watch it. And after all that, it was pretty, pretty blah. <laughs> uh, you know, 65, I don't know. It's just, yeah, blah sounds like the right word for it. Even with Adam Driver, like, I love him, but even he can't apparently elevate some of this material. I guess not. I mean, it really felt like, uh, we've talked about this in the past in the show, Uncharted and Dungeons and Dragons. Honor Among Thieves, are these movies that like they're very mid. And then, you know, that I know for the rest of my life, 
I'm going to see snippets of 65 when I'm on the treadmill at Planet Fitness. It will be on the TV on like TBS at like three in the afternoon or something on a Sunday. Like it's just one of those movies, like FX Saturday for the rest of our lives. So anyway, I, I managed to make it to 85 movies for the year. I don't think I'm going to go to the movies outside of Guardians this week. I do really want to see that George Foreman movie, but I know it's bad and I don't want to waste the money or the time. So that's where I'm at. I watched without revealing my pick for a recommendation later on. I watched 65. Obviously, I watched a documentary on Dio, uh, the singer Dio that was on. Uh, I don't even remember what streaming service it was on, but that was really good. I watched a movie called Horror in the High Desert, which really sucked. Then I watched Horror in the High Desert 2. <laughs> which, you just had no force with that, huh? I know. How, how can you, you? I already watched the first one. <laughs> like, uh, so, yeah, I watched a lot. And I watched a movie called Chest, <laughs> <laughs> which is about a chest that was like in a mine or something. And like these kids go to like find it. And when I say hijinks ensue in a found footage movie, I mean like someone ran around with the camera screaming while it was like shaking all over the place. (laughs) It's about the hijinks that ensue. I guess chest will be back in part two leg day. I don't know what's going to happen there, but uh, maybe uh, triceps day. (laughs) I I don't know. Everybody was ripped as hell. in this movie's all about chests. (laughs) Anyway, But enough about us, Marcellus Reagans. Let's talk a little bit more about us. Please tell the listeners where they can find more So Was It Podcast. All right. So everybody can head on over to SoWasItPodcast.com where you will find a brand new episode every week. You'll also find an occasional movie review from yours truly. You'll also find some reviews and some recommendations and interviews from the one and only Adam Wallyhawk. You'll also find our merchandise there, t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, coffee mugs, all located in our Tee Public store. You'll also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, so definitely get at us. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a five-star review while you're there, if you can. Uh, you can find our podcast wherever podcasts can be found. And that's including the Stitcher Radio app, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Good Pods. We have a YouTube page with new content premiering there regularly. So definitely check that out. We have a Patreon page where you can support the show. And for as little as a dollar a month, you'll receive exclusive content year-round. Shout out to all of our buddies in the Geek World All-Stars Podcast and Network. Back to you, Joey. No, I didn't. First of all, a podcast takes a lot of work, okay? You have to organize the guests, you have to do a Google Calendar, and then you build a following. It takes a long time, and I've been working on it for a while, Okay. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with our review of The Mandalorian Season 3. Together, we can make a difference. That's been the sign-off for everything livestream for the Cure related ever since the event began back in 2017. Hello, everyone. My name is Nick, and I am the host of the Livestream for the Cure, an annual charity event to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute for immunotherapy research for a world immune to cancer. And over the past six years... We've made that difference together. 
amazing listeners, amazing viewers, amazing podcast partners and content creators all coming together. And we've raised over $70,000. But this year, we're going to make our biggest difference to date. And we're going to raise $25,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Tune into the event at twitch.tv slash livestream for the cure starting May 18th as we're joined again by podcast partners and content creators from around the world to help the Cancer Research Institute crush cancer. Together, we will make a difference. And we are back. All right, guys. We're going to talk all about The Mandalorian Season 3. As always, we'll start with some non-spoiler discussions. If you haven't finished it or maybe you haven't even started it yet, jump on to Disney Plus, binge it, and come on back. The rest of you stick around because then we'll drop the drop delineating spoilers and we'll have spoilers free. So we'll be talking more in depth after that. But to get started, I want to ask you guys a question. Now, I think I know the answer to this question, but Arthur, were you a big fan of the first two seasons? Huge. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the first two seasons. I just love how they drew me into this just little corner of the Star Wars universe, drew me into the journeys with Din Djarin and Grogu. And how it was like it has these it has these compelling narratives, but, but also have time for the side quests. And it's really interesting how I was able to do that. And I especially love the score by Ludwig Gwensen. And it was just it was just a really it was just a really compelling, fun show to watch. And yeah, it's just a very interesting to watch to, to then progress onwards to season three and be like, oh, I have some different opinions now. <laughs> awesome. I will agree with you about the score. I think the theme is so different than other um, Star Wars properties. Like that really just drew you in right away when it starts. So that was that was awesome. Cool. Markellis Reagans. I do. I, I already know the answer to this question, but you were a fan of obviously the first two seasons. I was a fan of the first two seasons um, as much as it doesn't adhere to like the traditional Star Wars storytelling. Like it definitely felt like, especially season one, it just felt like a Boba Fett fan film. You know what I mean? Like it didn't really have its own strict identity, but it was still enjoyable. You know, it, it had a goal that it set up and it, it pretty much accomplished it. And then by the time you get to the end of season two, it's just like, just it's a masterpiece. It's just an amazing season of television. Uh, so yeah, so the first two seasons, uh, you know, I had my issues with them, but for the most part, incredibly enjoyable, especially for Star Wars. All right, well, Mark's going to get mad, but <laughs> I love obviously the first two seasons of the show and i think it pulled me back into star wars after i was starting to starting to fall off a little bit i'll never dislike star wars as long as i live it's such an important part of my life my kids are named after star wars characters it, it we had star wars music at my wedding we're not i'm not gonna not like star wars but i will tell you i was starting to fall off a little bit after the rise of skywalker Oof. <laughs> Are there? Are you a big Rise of Skywalker fan or not? I I thought it was pretty okay back when I saw it a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But then, as I looked back on it and really started to, to, to view it more through a critical lens, and then I was like, "Oh wait, I actually don't think I like this all that much." I knew I liked you. I knew there was a reason we were having you on the show. Sorry, Mark. I don't care. I will defend Rise of Skywalker until my I dying know. day. <laughs> You've said that multiple times on the show, so I know. But, you know, I, I, I get the defense, you know, but that's, that's my opinion, my take. I don't like much. <laughs> Without detouring too much into it, I uh, I didn't like it. I started to feel like falling off a little bit. 
And, uh, you know, this show pulled me right back in, man. Uh, it doesn't take much. Let's be honest. I hear the, the, if the TIE fighters make the correct noise and I hear the blaster sound, uh, I'm almost always, always right back in. But yeah, I loved seasons one and two. So definitely, definitely fans all across the board here. So season three has been a little more divisive. Marcellus Reagan's non-spoilers. What did you think of season three? Season three felt very scattered. I felt like it was a little bit all over the place. It didn't seem to have a very streamlined idea of what it wanted to do. It seemed like it was taking some pretty big swings uh, and they were trying to incorporate a little bit more of the Star Wars universe. But I think (laughs) think it kind of lost its way being a solid TV show. And maybe that's unfair for the show because the first two seasons were so, they were done so well and really, you know, hit the nail on the head. So, you know, maybe this one just needs a little bit more time to live in my brain for a little while. But first time through from beginning to end, it didn't really seem like it was a cohesive season. But, you know, it had some good parts and some parts that weren't as good. But, I, you know, I enjoyed it. All right, Arthur, non-spoilers. What'd you think? And I know what the answer is, so it's for the listeners. <laughs> well, Mark put it pretty well there with saying that it's scattered and all over all over the place because that's how I also feel as well. And to go back to what I said about the first two seasons being compelling because of how they tell the main narratives, but also work in side quests, I feel like season three is basically what if it tries to do that, but then gets too obsessed with the side quests. And it ends up losing its focus along the way. And that's what I feel like happened here. It's just so many of the episodes are just side quests. And we don't have the overarching story for for the season to tell until towards the end of the season. And it was, it was, and not that the season doesn't have some good elements to it. It does. It does. I think especially with how it handles folks on, there's some interesting things about her character and and her arc. Aside from those, you know, good elements, I feel like as a whole, the season is definitely, I think, it's the weakest season of The Mandalorian for me. Well, looks like we've got a couple agreements here. I'm going to pretty much fall in line with you guys. Uh, I agree with you, Arthur. This is the weakest season of the three. Uh, I thought the storyline was just all over the place. There's still a lot to love here. Don't get it twisted. This is not like a zero out of five season of TV or something where we're going to turn around and say, don't watch this. It's garbage. Uh, I think the first two seasons set a really high bar for what we were expecting. And I think just writing the writing on the season kind of fell apart. I don't I don't think there's a problem with the settings, the costumes, the special effects, any of that stuff. Everything looks fantastic still. And I'll get into it in spoilers. There's something uh, special effects wise that literally makes me yelp with joy every time it happens in the show. But um, I just think the writing was kind of like all over the place and it never seemed to coalesce into an overarching story. And you're you're 100 percent right, Arthur. Like it felt like a whole bunch of side quests. And when it finally should have had them all come together at the end, it didn't really pay off for some of them. So it was kind of frustrating. I think this season is more frustrating than anything, not necessarily something i feel bad about or that i'm mad that i watched or anything like that um it's not like lord of the rings rings of power or something awful <laughs> like that but i just feel like I like that though. <laughs> so you'll have to come back sometime we'll have a throwdown over it but for the most part i just i just felt like man it was kind of like a not it just didn't hit it out of the park for me so good but not very great i guess that's kind of the consensus between all of us here so 
The only way to keep talking about it is to spoil the season. So if you haven't seen it yet, get out of here. Go finish watching it and come on back. The rest of you stick around. We're going to spoil The Mandalorian Season 3. We're not allowed to talk about spoilers here. Uh, I've got some spoilers. One clear spoiler. Here's a spoiler. You will die alone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. Marcellus Reagans, the floor is yours. I want to hear some things that you liked about this season. You know, I did like the expansion of the Mandalorian tribes story from what little I remember from the Mandalorians from the uh, the uh, Clone Wars show and the uh, Rebel show. You know, that happened so long ago, I vaguely remember like what the details are. So I was psyched to see like a lot of that, that kind of story work its way into uh, live action. The different tribes and their different beliefs, the Mythosaur character showing up, I thought was actually pretty cool. And I like seeing, um, what's her name? Uh, Sasha Banks. <laughs> I was glad she came back. I thought she died uh, last season. So it was good that she was back. I like the, I like that they're starting to explain exactly what was happening with the Empire after Return of the Jedi, uh, but before we catch up with them in, uh, Force Awakens. Like, what did the citizens do? How did, how were they treated? What were their, their positions once the empire was destroyed. And I like seeing the kind of little droplets of, of that happening throughout the universe. So that I thought was really cool. Uh, there was a really cool sequence that showed, uh, baby, well, baby Yoda, it showed Grogu getting rescued <laughs> during, um, you know, the fall of the empire or the, uh, the fall of the, the, um, uh, the Republic from episode three and being saved by Ahmed Bess as a Jedi, the double lightsaber wielding Jedi, which I thought was amazing. I don't know. There was one scene. It's a, <laughs> it, it was typical side quest, but there was one scene where they have to go and save that Mandalorian kid from, uh, he gets picked up by a giant raptor and taken away to a nest. <laughs> Uh, that whole episode I thought was just fantastic. Like I didn't care about the story. I didn't care about the dark saber or any of that shit. I just liked that episode as a, a rescue mission episode. And I thought it was filmed so cool. The aerial sequences were done so well. I'm like, I can't believe this is number one, star Wars and number two, a television show. Like I thought it was actually really cool. And I did like, as you guys alluded to, we get to the big payoff at the end. I don't think they stuck the landing, but I do appreciate the fact that we did get some really cool images, uh, flying stormtroopers versus flying Mandalorians fighting in space. Like I've never seen anything like that in Star Wars. And I thought that was actually pretty cool. So yeah, there's some cool pieces here just as an overall season. Uh, not quite there, but the little pieces I thought were actually really cool. All right, Arthur, the floor is yours. Tell us what you loved about this season. Well, I, so again, I am disappointed with quite a bit, quite a few pieces of this season, but, but what I'm happy about is oh, quite a few things I'm happy about too. So for example, something I really loved about the show was the third episode with how that was depicting this morally gray side of the New Republic and how that was having us follow, follow Dr. Pershing and Eli Kane. And that was just a really, it was a really in, interesting episode to watch and it did, apparently it was, quite polarizing when it came out. And I was coming down from the side of loving it, but I guess some people hated it. It was like, oh, it distracts from the narrative. Which, looking back on it, I think it did, honestly. But for that episode and what it was able to do to build up more of this world, I think presents some facets of how 
of how the First Order can start to rise because of these dubious sections we're seeing of the New Republic. I think that was really fascinating. And then, and then there's also Bo-Katan, as I said, for her arc. I think that while the season doesn't it doesn't focus as much of its time on her arc as I wish it could have, I do think there was some inter- some intri- some intriguing character meet here. And especially with, with her dynamic, her, the dynamic she had with the honor, I was really fascinated by that. And just even, like, even wa- watching her evolve and then, and then watching the armor treat her as, as like, this, oh, this person who can walk both walls. And she's even allowing her to not wear her helmet. And that was really fascinating to watch. And Arthur, armor, did you I, wa- Arthur, did you watch uh, Clone Wars? Were you a big Clone Wars guy? So I did not. So I'm coming into this not having not seen Clone Wars or Rebels. But I am, I, I do look up information and try to be like, oh, you know, back myself up with any important information I might need, but I don't have that, those shows in my mind, but I feel like, I'm still, I'm still processing this, I feel like, <laughs> it's so compelling to me, even if I haven't seen those shows. Yeah, and, 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 and Armour, even watching Armour evolve in this show a bit, mm-hmm. and watching her be just a little less strict with her, with, you know, the, the creed that she follows, again, as she's regarding folks on, that also really, it, it, it was enthralling to watch again with just more time focused on it. And, uh, the side quest. I mean, a, a, as much as I wish the show hadn't gotten, hadn't gotten distracted by the side quest, I did find them to be engaging on their own. Like, if I'm, if I'm judging them on their own, not as, like, oh, how they're contributing to the main narrative, but I'm just watching them be their own side quest, you know, they can be pretty engaging. Like that, that whole rescue mission that you mentioned, Mark, that was actually pretty fun to watch. Uh, again, on its own. Uh, even e- even Grogu, I-, I liked how Grogu was able to get that to have the, you know, the IG-11 exoskeleton <laughs> towards the end of the show, and how that did end up playing a, sto- a bit of a story point. Like, it, wa- it-, it was able to give him-, give him a bit more agency, how he was interacting mm-hmm. with everyone around him. And I, I-, and I like that. That's a smart little piece of writing. I feel like that's one of the good points I can come up with at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> all the positives. All right. All right. You know, I, uh, I'm i always going to err on the side of uh, giving Star Wars a pass on a lot of stuff. And and for me, I loved a lot of the side quest stuff. I loved um, anytime I could watch the whole show with no overarching story and literally just Grogu and Mando going a different place. Like if like a legitimate like old school TV show like. Like everything resets at the end and they go somewhere else. <laughs> right. Like I think the writing and the characters are so strong that it can support that. We'll talk about it a little bit more when we get into things we didn't like. But um, <laughs> I love uh, Bo-Katan, huge Katie Sackoff fan. So uh, I'm a two percenter right there uh, for Katie Sackoff. So definitely uh, a fan of that character, her getting to be in live action and doing stuff. I agree with Mark. I love Sasha Banks. Uh, make no bones about that. So excuse me. Now her name is Mercedes Monet. Oh, Mark. of course. Yeah. <laughs> I knew some uh, wrestling fan was going to come after me as soon as I said the name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she changed. She's not in WWE anymore. She's in uh, New Japan Wrestling, so she has a different name. Right, right. But um, you know, uh, just about hot chicks out of the way. Um, let's see. I, I enjoyed seeing the progression of the show. So, like, just like Arthur said, you know, seeing a lot of the stuff as the storyline starts to progress. Like now, Carl Weathers, sorry, uh, Grief Karga is in a completely different role than he was in season one, but he's still an interesting character. Grogu is different than he was in season one. One of my favorite things in the whole series is the practical effects of Grogu flipping around. Right. 
that was entertaining, yeah. Yes, it absolutely slays me anytime it happens, whether he's flipping out of his bassinet into the in one fighter or jumping over that kid and shooting him or anything that involves him like doing some sort of practical effect thing. It looks almost like someone off screen just like threw the puppet <laughs> across the camera. And it, it's super endearing to me, especially in this era of like everything CG and they're filming on the volume and nothing's real. I mean, I'm sure it's manipulated, but like just the way it looks so cheesy, it, it warms the cockles of my heart. It's one of my favorite things in the whole series. I gotta be honest with you. Um, and I did like uh, a lot of the side quest stories. So I liked when they went to uh, Jack Black and Lizzo's planet. Um, I did like that one quite a bit. And Mark's right. The action was really well shot throughout this. And it's tough to watch anything action, at least right now. It's gotta, I got to get John Wick Chapter 4 out of my head. Right. Because it's making anything action sequence just look like garbage. But this is a different type of action, so it's a little better. But I really enjoyed them trying to save that kid or Mando and Bo-Katan going to Mandalore and they're exploring the caves. I mean, there was a lot of really cool stuff to, uh, to take in here, but unfortunately there are also things that we're not going to like. So Marcellus Reagan's give me some things you didn't like about this season. Well, you know, I know that uh, we were talking a little bit about Grogu and the IG 11 uh, exoskeleton. I thought that was dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just thought it was just a dumb thing. Did you not even get a laugh out of his yes, no button? That was the only thing that I enjoyed. Uh, (laughs) Me too. I enjoyed it too. I liked it. Like the the yes, no answer I thought was hilarious. Uh, But the aspect of him walking around in a exoskeleton of a droid that isn't really that nimble to begin with. I don't know. There's It didn't work for me. I thought it was a cute idea. It didn't work for me. Um, The whole thing of we need IG-11's. Uh, memory chip so that we can go to Mandalore. Like this whole plot that they set up in episode one meant absolutely nothing. <laughs> like once R5D4 went there, then why the hell do we need freaking IG12 or whatever whatever it was? Like th- that whole thing didn't make sense to me. So when he comes back at the end, spoilers, uh, I'm like, who cares? Like we, <laughs> his character had an arc already. He saved the baby. We already went through all of this in the last season. So why do we care? That this character is back. That did, did you not love R five D four being like the opposite of R two D two, where he's just like scared, doesn't want to do anything. I love that. Are you kidding me? I love that. R five D four is one of those characters that you know that lives in our hearts, like true old school Star Wars fans. He he's yeah. lived in our hearts for thirty something years, forty years, or whatever. You know how many of us had like an R five D four like action figure when we were kids? I've, like, had, I've had many. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I, I just love him as a character because he's always a fuck up. Yes, <laughs> he could have been. He could have been there up on the poster with Luke and everybody, but no, he, he blew up. You know, he could have. He's always had chances in every Star Wars thing to like to move into the main character role, right. and he always screws up somehow. So it's endearing to me. Right. Sorry, so you can make it no, <laughs> So it's good to see R five D four like get a little bit of shine. Like this is my time. Damn it, it's, it's been a while. At the scene where. The Mandalorian gets captured by the giant um, crab creature, which I actually thought was a really cool design. Like, he gets captured by it, and then he sends Grogu to pilot a ship and fly back to Bo-Katan to have Bo-Katan fly back to save him. Like, that seemed either, like, that seemed like either really lazy writing or the thread of something that never went anywhere. Could not 
wrap my brain around this little baby flying the spaceship. Like he can't talk. He can barely walk. He can barely do anything, but he's going to fly the spaceship and communicate that, that dad needs help. And it's going to work. No, that whole thing was just dumb to me. I did like the, the uh, Jack Black and Lizzo episode. I liked that whole CSI aspect of it. Um, I thought the in-fight between Bo-Katan and the other guy, that just seemed really weak. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that seemed like it was uh, the whole thing, the whole crux, not crux, but the whole, like, juicy, dramatic part about the end of season two was that uh, the Mandalorian had the Darksaber. So he was the leader of the Mandalores. And he could not give it to Bo-Katan. Like, she had to earn it. So they put these pieces where it's like, oh, obviously they're going to have to battle to get the sword. And then in this one, they just kind of like tell a story. They're like, oh, yeah, uh, I got captured and she saved me. So she gets the sword. And everyone was like, that's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, See, you know, I was I was all right with that. I don't, I don't know. I was all right with it. I, I'll agree with Arthur. I kind of liked that because they had already established that he didn't want it. Right. So it almost felt like the gears were turning in his head and he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> this guy beat me and took the sword away and then she beat that guy and took the sword from him. So technically it's hers. Right. And everyone was like, oh, well, that's a great story. We don't be- we have no reason to believe that you're lying about this. I guess she's the leader of Mandalore now <laughs> of the entire planet. <laughs> Come on. Come on. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of things, a lot of threads that they seem to lay down didn't really pay off to me anyway. Uh, but I will say one other thing that I did like is that they brought Zeb, a character from Star Wars Rebels. They brought him into live action. And that's a character that I thought I would never, ever see live action because Rebels, the cartoon Rebels always seems completely separate from anything that's really Star Wars. So seeing them bridge that gap just warmed my heart. So um, I just had to throw that one last thing that I liked about it. All right. Nothing else that you disliked, Mark? Uh, no. No. I mean, there's, again, there's like sm- small little nitpicky things. Uh, the death of um, of uh, Moff Gideon I thought was kind of cheesy, but, you know, whatever. It's it's Star Wars. It's uh, There's supposed to be some cheesy aspects of that. Somehow he I'll will be, return. I'll be though. touching. I'll be touching on that. <laughs> <laughs> Put a pen in it. (laughs) All right. Well, that's a good segue there for you, Arthur. The floor is yours. Let's hear the things that you did not like about this season. Before I do that, I do want to point out one more thing I did like. I was remiss enough to forget to face the visuals for the show. I did really love the visuals. It's like, holy crap. This Hmm. is like, even like how it's that gator battle. Or the, or the the dragon kidnapping the little Mandalorian. It's like mm-hmm. holy crap! These are fantastic visuals. So much better than some of the crap we see in the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm grateful for that. Grateful for that. But to move on to what I didn't like. Well, as I was saying before, it's just the the scattered nature of the season, and just to pinpoint a few specific examples of that. Well, so, for example, we have that third episode, like, with phasing before, again, focusing on Pershing and Kane. Mm-hmm. But then, that episode does not come back to play a narrative importance in the season. We don't even, like, I was so sure after watching that episode and after watching Kane just fry Pershing's brain and that mind flare, I was like, oh, damn, she's going to be a primary villain, right, for mm-hmm. the season? Right, right? But she does not. We just like she pops up a bit later on, sure. But no, she's not a she's not a main villain. It's just we have Mop Gideon come back. So that was disappointing. Mop Gideon, uh, like I love 
I, I love both the character of Mark Gideon and the performance by Giancarlo Esposito. Like, what a menacing Imperial villain to bring on board. But I just really feel like he was wasted in this season, and he just, I, I don't know, I don't think he gets the endings that he really deserves. I feel like there could have been such a better way to to kill him off, mm-hmm. something bigger. Again, like why couldn't the show have focused more on the meat of the story, meaning character meat? Like, mm-hmm. so, 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 so the final two episodes were, were were great in terms of character meat and story meat, like especially episode seven. But then one when, when I watched that, I was like, oh wait, why didn't you just pull this back further, spread this out throughout the other episodes mm-hmm. instead of just going on all of these side quests? And I don't really mean much to us. And it's just <laughs> so it's so frustrating. And and I want to focus on focus on and then Jaren and Grogu and their developments. And I'm just like, why, why? And 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 then uh, just, and then the, the dark saber. I don't really. It, it, it bugs me how the dark saber. This is maybe more of a nitpick, but it just gets destroyed so easily. The dark saber. Mm-hmm. I, it's just it, it, it's it's just broken apart. And now I'm just like, well, wait. Now I'm suspicious because I don't, I, I don't think Disney will, will let Dark Saber out that easy. I feel like it'll get, it'll, it'll be repaired. It'll get brought back to life. And so, so somehow the Dark Saber returned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, somehow, somehow it's gonna, and it's gonna feel real hollow when that happens. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, let's kill off a character and then bring him back, and it's just like, oh, but you just take, you just take away all of the impact of that decision. And certain episodes, like, okay, look, I did, I did like Jack Black and Lizzo and Christopher Lloyd on on that episode on the one hand, but there was a little part of my brain in the back of my mind that was thinking, hmm, this kind of feels like a glorified cameo. It just, it it really sticks out to me. And I, and I love, like, particularly, like, Zach Black and Lizzo and Christopher Lloyd, you know, they're great to see, but still, like, it it, it draws my brain to be like, Mm. hmm, glorified cameos here. It felt like filler, didn't it? Yeah. And again, it's not like I hate it. It's just, you know, it's fine. Like, you know, I can watch it, but it's not, it's not something I'm, I'm wild about, personally. And, uh, and IG-11, like, I would say, did it bug me just a bit at first when the show is going to be like, hmm, are we going to revive IG-11? And I'm like, wait, what, what is it happening for? But once it happens, we're like, oh, I can exoskeleton for Grogu. And then, and, and it's like, oh, he gets to do more stuff. Like, yeah, you know, the yes, no button. And, you know, that, that's, that's amusing. <laughs> or how he stopped, uh, those two Mandalorians, uh, Paz Vizsla and one of, one of the Night Owls. Yeah. From fighting, I, I like that. It's like, oh, he gets to do something here. But before that, I was annoyed. Understood, yeah. understood. So, for me, I'm going to agree with uh, both you guys. I think there was a lot of filler this season. Um, so, two episodes that stick out to me the most is going to be the third episode where we see Doctor Pershing and the girl from uh, Agents of Shield that I can't remember what her character name is in The Mandalorian. Lydacane. Uh, Kane, right? Lydacane. Yep. And then they uh, they spend the entire episode pretty much with these guys. So we st- I think it starts off with like kind of a cool. There was like a dog fight, right, with the pirates. Uh, oh yeah, the, the, yeah, the, the, the dog fight. I remember that. Yes, yes. And then it goes okay. into pushing and Kane. Right. Goes to them and then comes back and finishes up. So I, I think there's a couple problems with this episode. One, it 
it didn't you're and you're 100 right arthur after you sit through this so kind of the argument back and forth i found this as interesting as staring at a blank wall for 45 minutes it, it didn't go anywhere so if, <laughs> if you're gonna be like hey you know this episode was different or we set up all all this stuff with these guys and too bad you didn't pay attention because at the end of the season or maybe there's a stinger or something that this pops up again and it's important. Um, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah. It was completely superfluous. Like you could have, you, if you don't watch that episode or you just watch the Mando dog fight and then fast forward and watch the rest of the, the fight and then keep going. You missed absolutely nothing this season. Well, it explains, so. it explains uh, Moff Gideon's cloning uh, facility that happens at the end of the thing. Like Dr. Pershing's cloning. The whole reason they went to get all of that cloning equipment is so that get Moff Gideon can finish what he was starting in on Mandalore. Two or three lines. He could have said that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. That, yeah. That, that, that <laughs> episode, I would be, I, see, again, I still love what it does on its own, but when right. I look at how it contributes to the overall narrative, that's what I'm struggling now. And I really wish I, if Kane had been a main villain, mm-hmm. or if Pershing came back somehow, like maybe I don't know. Like I think he's dead, but say he wasn't dead, maybe his memory just got wiped, and he came back later in the season. Then it's like, okay, this episode then becomes a little more important to the right. I, I just think it would have benefited from taking that whole part of that episode and cutting it up and either putting it throughout the first three episodes or even just that third episode, if you want to kind of space it different. So we get a little bit of the fight with Mando and the pirates. Then we go to this, then we go back to Mando and the pirates, the, the screeching halt, like the series like hits a brick wall while you follow these two characters around. And the tone of it is so different than anything they've done in Mando. It fit more in like Andor. It was more of like an Andor style thing. Um, and it, and that's always been my biggest fear with Andor being successful is the wrong lesson is going to be learned. Not that we can have different styles of things throughout Star Wars, but that everything has to be Andor now. So it was really annoying to me. We didn't like it as a family. We didn't like it. Um, and I will tell you, anytime that girl showed up the rest of the season, if they, you know, she pops up here and there, we'd all just start booing in the living room. Uh, <laughs> We also figured maybe um, Moff Gideon's plan could, instead of me making all these clones, he could broadcast that episode throughout the galaxy and everyone would fall asleep and then he could just take over really easy. You suck. <laughs> you suck. I do feel like a lot of their, you know, they did have an overall goal because, like I mentioned before, the Mandalorian TV show is just a Boba Fett fan film and, you know, taking action figures and smashing them together for, you know, an hour episode or whatever. They did have, I'm going to assume they did have um, more stories that they were going to tell about the New Republic with, you know, their other TV show that got canceled. So with that idea, with them building towards Thrawn and Ahsoka and telling the story of the Empire, those seeds have to be planted somewhere. And I agree, the episode did come to a complete screeching halt for them to plant that seed here, but it had to go somewhere. I don't think right. it was that that bad. And unlike you, I actually really liked Andor. <laughs> well, that's fine. I'm just I saying. I love okay. Andor. Yeah, so. Well, I'm not going to argue you guys about Andor. I just feel like if this wasn't going to pay off in a big way by the end of this season, you could have cut this up as a subplot throughout the whole season, yeah. cutting back. And maybe she erases his mind right at the end. Um, and that's the stinger. Uh, it just it just felt like such a deviation from like, 
all right, this is all happening. Really, really cool. Boring. And then we're back. And then it has nothing to do with anything. And the episode with Lizzo's planet with Jack Black and um, Christopher Lloyd. I actually really liked that episode. I know some people have kind of pooped on it um, from acting or stunt casting, blah, 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 blah. I actually really liked it. I thought it was funny, especially as a riff on like an episode of CSI. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I did really like, but what bothers me about it is that in a 13 episode season, a 15, tw- God forbid, a 22 episode season. Okay. Uh, an hour that has nothing to do with anything else. Fine. Let's have some fun. But this was, I think this was like episode six or five. I mean, we were starting to, we should have been like ramping up towards whatever the main story is and finishing the arc for the season, not spending an entire hour with fun, wacky guest stars. Um, that's the only thing that bothered me about it. Just sitting down and watching it in a vacuum. I liked it a lot. That's what I like about the show. But there was just, it was such another deviation out of nowhere where it just felt like, man, the show is kind of like spinning its gears. Like the first two seasons, he gets the dark saber. We get a couple episodes of book of Boba Fett in there too. Don't worry about it. He has a dark saber, blah, blah, blah. blah. And then the dark saber gets broken and no one cares. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Fine. Um, Arthur, why do the Mandalorians live on that beach? If, they're always going to get attacked by like monsters and sea creatures. I did think a bit about that. And I'm, my reason is just like, maybe they don't have any other suitable environments to live in. Maybe this is like the best choice for them out of all of the picks they could have if they want to live out in the wilderness on a desert or maybe in some ice wasteland or a forest. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe this is the safest option compared to all of the other options. Yeah. It just felt weird. It's another one of those things where like a couple lines of dialogue of, you know, this is the like, just you say, like, this is the best we can do with a shelter as a cave or something, anything (laughs) than being like, we're idiots and we're going to live in this cave where we're constantly being attacked by uh, Meg (laughs) 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 and other monsters and birds and all this stuff. (laughs) And then maybe because they want to be tough because they're Mandalorians. Mark, help me here, please. Yeah. Tough, yeah. That would be my guess, that they needed a place that wasn't like, you know, Cloud City or anything. They wanted some place with a little bit of terrain where they could truly test their metal. Um, I do feel bad for the kid. It's the same kid. You know, he like he's standing in the water. He's taking an oath of the Mandalore. And before he's able to finish it, this giant crocodile comes out and almost eats him. And then <laughs> flash forward a few episodes later, a giant raptor comes out of the sky and takes him away i'm like this poor kid <laughs> he just got his helmet like an hour ago he's getting pulled away he's like this is not the way <laughs> and then his dad his dad gets killed, right. his dad gets killed. Oh, the poor kid the poor kid that really pissed me off because i do like that character a lot he has a really cool he had a like cool unique look yeah, and then he got killed off for almost and- nothing it, it did break my heart, yes, to watch him make the sacrifice play. And by the way, uh, John Favreau does the voice for Paz Vizsla. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I have his action figure. You know, I'm, I'm a fan. I've been buying a lot of Mando characters, even random obscure ones. So I, I definitely, I, I'm assuming I will be buying a Grogu in IG-12 <laughs> body action figure sooner than, rather sooner rather than later. But, um, you know, and honestly, that's just kind of where I felt like the story was just all over the place. Like, and it, it didn't feel like the story was so much centered on Den and Grogu anymore, whereas it was more about the Mandalorians, about Bo-Katan. I was expecting Bo-Katan to kind of, 
not that she's a bad guy, but like that she's out for herself. So me and my son were talking about this as we were watching it as the episodes came out. And I'm like, man, I don't trust her. Like something seems up. Like she was like, I saw the mythosaur, blah, blah, blah. You know, just like she seemed like she had some kind of background machinations going on. And it, she didn't at all. It was just like, oh, OK, <laughs> all right. Like I thought like her, her and the armor were going to team up and, and kind of figure out a way to get the Darksaber away from Den and kind of minimalize him while putting her in charge. I, I just thought there seemed to be more building to more there and then it just kind of happened it, it it just seemed like a lot of the story was like half baked and i i wonder arthur do you think that was because of the gina carano show getting canceled and getting smushed into this i wouldn't be surprised if that did end up playing a role and how they had to change up the writing for this and especially i mean for example I feel like Tosin Taba, the way that he is, the way that he's more prominent in the show now, I feel like he's definitely a stand-in for Cara uh, Dune's character. For Cara Dune, mm. yeah. What about you, Mark? Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying before. I definitely think that the Gina Carano's show had a, they had ideas for what they wanted to do with it um, and how they were going to expand the world of this post-Empire galaxy. And since that didn't work out and Ahsoka's coming down the pipe, they like, all right, we gotta, we gotta give Star Wars fans an idea of how the new order came to be. And we can't use the Gina Carano show anymore. So we're gonna have to unfortunately feed it into the Mandalorian. Um, and, but you know, you can tell that there wasn't like a big main idea for the Mandalorian. So they were kind of using the show as just a way to do a bunch of different things and they're testing things out. Some of it works. Unfortunately, some of the things this season didn't work, but it doesn't give them, uh, it doesn't mean that they shouldn't try it out. Uh, a CSI episode is hilarious, but you know, this show is not built to be like that big mythical story that has a beginning, middle, and an end. Like the mm-hmm. first two seasons just happen to have this one, they're just going to play around and find something that they like. I appreciated the rebel pilot. Again, I don't remember his, his character name. He's been in a bunch of episodes. Uh, oh, he sh- Taba. Yeah, he showed up to tell them, oh, hey, Mandalorians, uh, there's uh, bad guys coming. You guys got to clear out. Right. And he's like, all right, see you later. And flies off. <laughs> he didn't help him. <laughs> well, see, see, that's why that's why I was saying he feels like a kind of a stand-in for Kara, because I, I feel like Kara could have possibly, like, if Kara was still a part of the show, Kara would have like flown in yep. and then maybe she would have actually joined in or maybe gone off. Who knows? But yeah, she at least stuck around and, and helped them fight the pirates. I would think, I don't understand why this guy just dipped. He's like, all right, you guys have fun. See you later. <laughs> but I mean, there, there's definitely more good than bad here. I just, I feel kind of let down by the season. I just feel kind of let down by it. You know, I, I feel like season one and two were like five out of five stuff for me brought my, love of star Wars back. And this is kind of, you know, fell off a little bit. And I don't know how much of that is machinations behind the scenes. It does make me a little nervous for Ahsoka and the idea of some grand crossover between series. Uh, Arthur, were you disappointed? No Boba Fett this season? No, I was not. Uh, It's just, honestly, I like, look, I have so many conflicted feelings about the book of Boba Fett and just like some parts of that show were compelling. Uh, i.e. the flashbacks, and in other parts were not compelling, i.e. the present-day material. And I was just like, I, I, I didn't need to see Boba Fett here, although apparently Jamila Morrison, I guess, did say recently at a, at a recent Comic-Con, like, oh, he was actually expecting to get a call 
to be on the Mandalorian season three, but he never got a call. So I do, you know, that's, that's curious to hear about. But yeah, I just, I didn't need Boba Fett here. And also, I do think it's funny though, just to go back to episode three, how episode three kind of gets jammed into season three with Pershing and Kane. And a similar style to how we have a couple episodes of The Mandalorian basically jammed into the book of Boba Fett. Right. Did, Mark, did you miss Boba Fett this year? Uh, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> they barely had enough story to give him in his own show. Why would they come up with more story to, to squeeze him into a show that isn't his? Uh, it would have been really funny, Joe, though, just to have him pop up for not even a, a full episode, just for like three scenes. Just be like, I'm, cra- I'm crashing the show. <laughs> I'm taking I'm taking back what's mine. Uh, you owe me a couple episodes, Mandalorian. And then he disappears. That, that'd be hilarious. He gets eaten by Meg on the beach. Oh, my God. How awesome would that be? <laughs> he just happens to be standing on a star like pit and gets eaten, eaten again. But then, oh, no, he actually survived. Again. <laughs> That's right. Of course he did. He always survives. Uh, maybe he was just too busy slowly walking into town, talking to people, and slowly walking back to Jabba's <laughs> palace every episode. So he couldn't be bothered to stop in. So. I'm more upset to not see uh, Ming-Na Wen than I am actually to not see Boba Fett. True, true. I, do love, I do love me some Fennec. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, but maybe there'll be a next season. We'll see. Um, you know, just a couple final questions, Arthur. I don't. I think I know the answer, but I'm gonna ask you guys this. You guys in for season four? Yes, I am. <laughs> Look, was I was I pretty as I, as I said before disappointed by what we got here? In spite of you know some positive elements of season three, sure. But I'm still like when season four comes on, I'll be I don't know. I'll be cautiously. I don't know, not consciously optimistic, but just a little more cautious, I suppose. <gasps> Understood. Markellis Reagans. In a world where you don't have to watch it for the podcast. <laughs> Let me just clarify that. Of course. I love Star Wars. I love Star Wars TV. So, yeah, I'll definitely be in for season four. But the way that they ended season three, like it, it seems like if they don't come back for season four, it's okay. You know what I mean? It does like that, that yes. Iris in yep. kind of closeout, which I thought was really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> something else I didn't like. It felt like a and I'm like, what is this dumb thing? Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely down for number four, but if they don't give me number four, I'm totally fine. Just give me the freaking Dave Filoni big screen movie with everyone joining in fighting Thanos. I'm all over that. I was surprised actually by how the season ended and how it's like, oh, this is actually pretty vital, it feels like. It was, was just the entire and then Grogu just settling at their cabin, and Grogu is levitating the frog. It's very, very peaceful here, so I was surprised by that. Oh, also, Dan Jaren. So, I guess Jaren is his first name, because then Grogu, and then Dan Jaren, <laughs> so Jaren is his first name. I thought Dan was his first name, though. He had the whole naming thing for Grogu. Yeah, I don't know how Star Wars naming works, and I don't think anyone anyone that works for Lucasfilm knows how Star Wars naming works. <laughs> The adoption. I did. I as I pointed out, I did love. I did love the adoption. Grogu getting adopted, finally yep. you know, officially becoming his son. Yeah. No, I liked a lot of the stuff with Grogu this season, and that was going to be something else. I asked Mark, do you think um, Grogu is eventually going to be the? Is the Mandalorian actually Grogu? Is he going to? Are we going to see him in the uh, 
New Jedi Order movie as teenage Grogu in Mandalorian armor? Um, we will see him as adult Grogu uh, fighting alongside Rey Skywalker <laughs> down the road. Uh but no, I don't think Grogu is the Mandalorian. I think Grogu was just Baby Yoda until everyone lost their mind. <laughs> and then he became the star of the show. Well, here's the thing. Grogu has to grow out sometime. It's just that Disney is going to keep him as young and cute as possible in order to keep, keep drawing in all of that cute cash. Yep, yep. <laughs> what do you think, Arthur? Are we going to see teenage Grogu in Mando armor? Uh, no, I'm going to say no for that, but I would just like, you know, teenage Roku in general or adult Roku sometime in the future. I think, like, we have to, right? I feel like we have to sometime. Mm-hmm. It would be strange to, not, to never see him grow up. Again, Disney will try to keep him as young as possible, but like, sometimes he has to develop and act like, yeah, be an adult. But with Mando Armor, I don't think so. <laughs> I would love it. I would love to see <laughs> kind of like... I don't know, edgy teenage Grogu in like half Mando, half Jedi clothes. I think that would be hilarious and fun. Uh, and even if we don't see it in a movie or a TV show, we're going to get it expanded universe somehow. It's right. going to happen in a comic or a novel or or something. So I know we're going to get it. But all right. The only thing left to do, guys, is to give it a score. Zero to five. Five being the best. Zero being the worst. Marcellus Reagans, what do you got for Mandalorian season three? I'm going to give it a three. I think it's good when it's good. It's off in some aspects, but for a Star Wars show that is kind of expanding the universe and delivering some cool action, I think it works. I just, it's, unfortunately, it happens to follow the last two seasons, which were excellent. Uh, so it is a step down. I'm going to give it a three out of five. All right. Arthur, what do you got? I'm going to give. Season three of Mandalorian, two and a half out of five. I was I was considering two out of five. I gotta be honest, but the more we've been talking about this, the more <laughs> that the positive elements of the season have been clinging onto my brain, and I'm just like, okay, fine, I'll be a little lenient on the season of the Mandalorian. So two and a half out of five. Again, so it, it it does have some good elements, even though I've got to mention those Praetorians. I did like how it brought them in at the end of the show mm-hmm. and just you know little bits like bits and pieces like that but there are other elements of the season that just really write it down again just how like how much the season was wandering and it really it just pales in comparison to the high quality of those first two seasons that were able to tell overarching narratives but also squeeze in side quests along the way mm-hmm uh- all right, man, I'm going to be right up there with you guys. I think I'm a three out of five, but I think uh, Arthur, much like we've been doing the last few weeks, Mark, I think Arthur's score is more more realistic, yeah. but I just love Star Wars so much. I can't I can't do it. <laughs> I think the highs were high, but the lows were very low. And I think I may readjust my score if we come back for uh, Mando season four or some other type of Filoni verse show that then pays off some of the things that were kind of glossed over in this. If there's a great payoff to whatever that third episode was, then that might raise my score a little bit. You know, if IG 11 being the Marshall pays off somehow down the line, then yeah, maybe, uh, maybe the score will go up. But for me, it just felt like a lot of weird all over the place and uneven season, not bad, but definitely not up to the quality of the first two. So I'm a three. 
out of five. Mark's three out of five. And Arthur with a two and a half out of five. Maybe we got it right. Maybe we got it wrong. Hit us up on social media. Let us know what you think. And now we are going to wrap it up before we tap it up and get some recommendations for the listeners out there. Arthur, please tell us where we can find your podcast and give us some recommendations for the listeners. Well, I want to first, first off, thank you so much again for letting me join in. This was quite a fun discussion to have. And for my own show, Two Cents Critic, you can all find me over there again doing the book movie and TV show reviews and recaps. And you can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at two underscore sense critic. For my personal accounts on Twitter, Good Pod, Story Grab, Letterbox, and TikTok, you can find me at Arthur underscore Ant18. And I'm at Goodreads at Arthur Howell. And my blog, you can find my blog at two sensecritic.com. And yeah, you can find, you know, my podcast. You know, I've got some link sheets as well. So find my podcast and my personal accounts and all of those, all of those links. And now for my recommendations, I will be presenting two today. So the first one, I'll be recommending the Japanese sci-fi movie Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. Now this is a, it's a timey-wimey movie focuses on this cafe where there's a computer monitor and then a TV, and they're both linked, and you find out, oh, the computer monitor shows whatever is happening on the uh, on the other end from the TV through a two-minute two gap. So whatever you're seeing on the, on the computer monitor has happened two, minute, two minutes in the future. And then whatever you're seeing on the TV, you're seeing through the computer monitor, and it's showing things that have happened two minutes into the past. And so the people in the cafe... Uh, use these use these devices to be like, oh, let's you know, let's see what what hijinks we can pull by this with this two minute gap, and it is it, it is so enthralling, like just one of the most fun time travel movies I've seen in a while, and it's very short too. I think it's only like an hour and eleven minutes, if I recall correctly. It's just, it's very short, keeps things keeps things concise, and it, it has this whole one take premise where the whole movie looks like it's shot in one take. It isn't, but it is shot in multiple like. I think like 10 minutes, one take or something like that. And it's all just like edits together to look really smooth and it's a feat to consider. But yeah, so beyond the infinity minutes, that's my first recommendation. And then my second recommendation is a book, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin, which focuses on a couple of brilliant but deeply stubborn and proud game developers who work together, they are friends for a long time, they have a lot of these conflicts, and it's it's such a it's one of the most moving books I've read in a while. Just had deal with all of these themes about legacy and friendship and love, both the platonic and romantic kinds, and what women have to fight against, misogyny to get to fight against in the gaming industry. And it's just a really it was just a really touching book to dive into. And I actually did a whole episode on it on my podcast, Two Cents Critic. So, yeah, those are those are my two recommendations. Yes. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I have been wanting to check that movie out for a while, so I guess I will bump it up to the top of the list on your recommendation. And thank you so much for coming on. We greatly appreciate it. Love your show every week, so people should definitely check it out. Mark Ellis Reagans, what do you got? Uh, first, I want to say thank you for those recommendations. I am definitely going to put that movie on my must-see list. That sounds right up my alley. And so the other thing I want to, I, the thing that I want to recommend is now that we're actually done with The Mandalorian, coming up next is Ahsoka. 
Uh, so I'm going to recommend you watch Star Wars Rebels, the animated show on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it's I think it's only five seasons. So oh, it's only five seasons. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not they're not twenty two minute episodes. I mean, they're not like twenty two episode seasons like uh like the old days. Um, and it'd be a really good way to get introduced to these characters that are going to be in the live action world uh, through the animated versions first. Uh, it's a really cool show. It takes place. Oh God, it's got to be like four years before no five years before A New Hope. So the main character on the show is the same age that Luke would be uh, if we were following Luke. So you get to see the progression right up into uh, right up into episode four. Uh, it's cool characters, uh, an amazing Darth Vader uh, two part episode that is just like mind blowing. Uh, and again, you will get familiar with these characters that are going to be in a live action on the Ahsoka show. So Star Wars Rebels on Disney Plus. Hey, definitely, yeah, I do want to dive into more kind of material just to you know, prepare myself for Ahsoka, definitely. There you go. I think I, I think I watched like half of the first season and I just couldn't do it. I just don't like the animation style. But for you, Mark, for you, I might try again. <laughs> just forget season one. Just start with the Darth Vader two-parter in season two. And if that doesn't hook you, then, you know, give up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will see suggest that you go to sowizardpodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. Links to all our YouTube and Patreon content as well at sowizardpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Good Pods, or just about anywhere under the sun. You find podcasts, we'll be there. Check out the aforementioned YouTube channel. There's hours of free exclusive content there. Adam just dropped a review of Amazon Prime Citadel TV series, so we got an early look at that. You can check that out. And tons more. So jump on there. Check that out. Don't forget the Patreon where you can monetarily support the show and get extra exclusive content. Like Markella said, it's the only place you can see our Star Wars video podcast every month. And this month, Mark joined us to talk all the Star Wars celebration news. So check it out. As for me, what will I recommend? Uh, I might have recommended it last week. But if you are not watching Yellow Jackets on Showtime, you're nuts. Show is amazing. Uh, my wife and I binged all of what's out so far on season two last weekend to get ourselves caught up. And it's just as good as season one. Christina Ricci is knocking it on the park in the show. Whew. Mark, we're going to go meet her at Rhode Island Comic Con this year. Just, so you know. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Put pencil oh, that wow. in. She, she's not going to she's going to cancel at the last second, but we'll, we'll hold on to that dream. I'm going to hold on to that dream because she's going to be there and all my Yellow Jackets fantasies are going to come true. Good so, Lord. <laughs> Anyway, um, but what I wanted to recommend, and I had spoken about it at the beginning of the episode, is a found footage horror movie that I watched on Tubi uh, over the week, and that is called Savage Land. It's from 2015. There's three guys that directed it, and it's set up like a true crime documentary, so it's not at all a Blair Witch Project type thing. Um, It's like watching a true crime documentary. And it's about a town that's on the border between Arizona and Mexico. And there's a very small amount of people that live there. There's only 57, 58 people that live there. One night, all of them are murdered, except for one guy who survived, who gets arrested and charged with the killings. But then footage surfaces of what actually happened that night and hijinks ensue. But the cool thing about this movie is instead of it being he had a video camera and they're shaky running around looking at the ground and screaming. He had a, an actual camera, like a still photo camera. And so it's 36 pictures he took as he was trying to escape the town that night. And they kind of lay it all out and use the pictures to show you what happened. And it 
there it's scary and it's haunting. And I was blown away when I watched this movie with zero expectations. And it's been out for like eight years. I never even heard of it. So the only reason I even heard it existed was because I was leaving a, a bad review for one of the uh, other movies I watched last week. And somebody in the other reviews were like, this is nowhere as good as Savage Land. So I'm like, oh, what's that? So and I, I went and looked and it was on Tubi. So I checked it out. And I was, I was just kind of blown away. I just really enjoyed it. I don't want to hype it up too much and then you don't like it, but it was just it's a nice different spin on that genre. So check out Savage Land on Tubi. Let me know what you think. And then go off to the movies and go to see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because that, my friends, is what we will be watching and reviewing next week on the podcast. But that's going to do it for this week, episode number 456 of the So Wizard Podcast. I have been your host, Joey DiCarlo. Our special guest, Arthur, from the Two Cents Critic Podcast. Salutations. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. Thank you for coming on. And the expert, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagans. Everybody have yourself a great week and Wakanda forever. We'll see you guys next week. Good journey. Wizard.